I don't remember how I got started reading personal growth books. I think I was probably, I was just in this really stuck state, in this unhappy state. I was lost. I was unhappy. And because I was those things, I was lashing out at my husband or I was just not wanting to do the things I normally wanted to do, or I was drinking too much or eating like crap, like coping really poorly with being unhappy. And I knew that I was the only one that could make that change. Like Jay couldn't change it for me. My kids couldn't change it for me. My friends, my mom, like it was me. You know, if you want to make a change, you have to do something about it, no matter what area of your life it is. I'm Megan Armstrong. Welcome to Life Six Feet Above. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more that I started to talk about my journey, my struggles, and my past, the more I realized people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I'd feared for so long. In fact, Other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason, they trusted me to do so. So the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know it has some explicit language and some very serious subject matter. It may be triggering or sensitive to certain people. Please listen with discretion. This is Jessica's story. Welcome to episode 31 of the Six Feet Above podcast. So I literally just met my guest like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we really know each other. I know. Despite not having any face-to-face time. Pretty much the power of social media these days. That's the one reason I love Instagram. Yeah, (laughs) so I'm sitting across from Jessica Smith, who is a new friend, but like I said, it does feel like, I don't know, I think over 2020, we found people through social media with... Whether, whether we're in the same industry or just like-minded individuals. And it's weird how the power of attraction and that can be felt through social media, right? Absolutely, like absolutely. literally can... didn't meet in person until she walked in my door. <laughs> but you can tell somebody's vibe <laughs> yes. so much, yeah. on, especially yeah. on Instagram. You're like, oh, she's a cool chick. Like, yes. I'm, I'm picking up what she's putting down. I like her energy and that's... Yeah, it's palpable for sure. I'm, I'm here for it, and I can also tell on like social media too. I'm like, <clears throat> nope, not my, not my jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, but no, no. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So this is gonna be fun because right after re- we record four six feet above, we're gonna flip the switch, and you're gonna interview me. Exactly. You'll be on the Fit Life with Jessica podcast. So I this love is it. two for one special right here. I love it. So yeah. is your podcast new? It is. I started my podcast in, I think, October of last year. Okay. So still very new, very new, but it's really cool. I've been a podcast junkie for a couple of years. It's fun, right? So to be able to be a creator now in this yeah. space, I'm like, oh, this is great. And is, this, fu- is this the first time you've actually been interviewed? With my new brand, yes. Okay. When I worked for in corporate world, I was on a few people's podcasts, but like nothing cool like yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing where you can share like your story. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about you. What are you doing right now? You're a mom, a wife, all the things, and then we'll kind of dive into all the other stuff. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yes, I am. I'm a woman. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I have two kids under the age of six. Um, I am a business owner. I have a, uh, accountability coaching, health coaching business yep. called the fit life with Jessica. And I also do some work with um, fitness studios and like small boutique studios where I coach and train on the side there. And I am really just all about helping women create and maintain healthy habits for life. Um, it's not a weight loss thing. It's not a, how do we look thing? It's like, how can we create some real habits Mm -hmm. and just like help each other and lift each other up in the process? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask how old you are? Sure. I'm 35. Okay. So, and I asked that because I had this sense. I'm like, I feel like she's older because when I was 25, I didn't get this. I didn't Mm -hmm. understand this. I didn't understand the whole 
first of all, like really finding your purpose. And I think even when you think you found your purpose, there's still a ways to go. Like there's always room to improve. There's always something new. And I never want to fully be done finding my purpose. Yeah. Um, But I, I will have to say, you know, I'm in my late 30s, 10 years ago, I those words never would have come out of my mouth. So when you just said that, it, it kind of made me think, I bet you she's in her mid, mid-30s mid yes. because it takes us a while to really get to a place where we can say that and, mm-hmm. and really truly believe it and genuinely live that way. Yeah. Um, I think in our 20s, it's all about me, 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 me. And you get yeah. to a place when you realize like, okay, there's more to this world than like just the way that I look and the, the size that I am and what's going on. It's like the way that I feel because that has more impact on the human beings around you than anything else in life. But I didn't understand that in my 20s. Absolutely. Like the words personal growth were brand new words to me, yeah. like in my early, early 30s, you know, and like your 20s are just so it's a beautiful time where you're finding yourself yes. and you're messing up and you're yeah. figuring it out and you're trying new jobs and new careers and maybe you're getting married maybe you're not you know all these life changing life altering you know big things are happening in your life yep. but man I was an idiot when mm-hmm. I was 25 mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing what I wanted to do I didn't even understand like you said about like finding your purpose yeah. and like living on purpose, not just existing, but really living on purpose. Like how can I help somebody else be better? And like, I totally agree with what you said about wanting to never really fully reach that, to Mm -hmm. always be striving to be like 1% better. Like how can I be a little bit better every single day? Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. And I I think it comes, it's, it can be a little double-edged sword, especially with females that are trying to Mm -hmm. do it all. They've got the family, the job, their own business, you know, but it's really important to at the same time be able to sit still and enjoy it and be like, I did all of this and not always having or needing to know what's next or do something more or be bigger or be better. Like sometimes it's okay to just kind of sit where you are and enjoy that. Absolutely. Absolutely. To be proud of yourself. Yeah. Right. And just relish in that. Yeah. So I think today's story is really about how two women in their mid to late thirties got to this point because Mm -hmm. it wasn't always this way. And, you know, I can speak for myself, but I'm sure you can agree. Everything that I've gone through up until this point, I had to go through to get to where I am now. Yes. Like there's not one thing that, okay, if I didn't have that experience, like everything I, I, it blows my mind sometimes when I think about one part of my life and I trace it back mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I wouldn't have moved here if I hadn't met this person and gotten that job. And like you trace it back yes. to like your early twenties, which is it's just, just crazy. Like beautiful, intricate web Yeah, that everything, it does happen for you, for you not yeah. to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but when you're in the midst of, you know, I would definitely say your teens and your twenties, it's hard to comprehend that because it does feel like such mm-hmm. a big deal. Like when you're at a job that you hate, it feels like the biggest thing in the world because yes. it is the biggest thing in the world in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then you turn 35 or you turn 40 and you realize like that really wasn't a big deal. But when we're going through something, it just, it seems much bigger than it is. So I like to always kind of put things in perspective and be like, okay, in six months from now or a year from now, or I remember last year when... COVID hit. I'm like, okay, in a year from now, like this isn't going to matter. Little did I know it still matters, <laughs> but we we've are. learned how yes. to, we've learned how to cope. We've mm-hmm. learned how to deal. We've learned how to, um, make things different and make it work. Yeah, we can adapt. Thankfully. Like, yeah. Thankfully we as humans can adapt, especially women. We have to be able to yeah. adapt and mm-hmm. figure it out. Like we've yeah. got to figure it out and make it happen. So you, I would say, like looking at you, meeting you and and knowing kind of what you're doing now, it seems like you're on this higher, I always talk about energy and vibration. You're on this higher vibrating frequency when things are kind of flowing. And I'm sure you have your your ups and your downs, but for the majority, you've kind of found your niche. You've found your flow, but it wasn't always like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I do feel like I have finally stepped into 
where I need to be going. The yeah. direction, like the car is facing the right direction, right. right? And we are on the path. And it may change down the line, right. but I do feel like I have found my people. Yeah. And where like God's gift for me is to help others. Like I have found that. But it wasn't always that way. So. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> where are you from originally? I'm from Noonan, oh, Noonan, Georgia, okay. which is a small town in South west georgia okay um some people know it because that is where alan jackson is from no kidding other people know it because it is called the city of homes okay. so during the civil war noonan was actually spared because it was a hospital town for oh. both the north and the south so a lot of the homes in noonan are very historical very old historical like pre-civil war era so it's called the city of homes it's a it is a small town though very cool yes. so born and raised Southern georgia girl, peach huh? yes okay yes. not many of us that are still still here but <laughs> i yes. know i yeah. know did you grow up with uh siblings or yes i have one child? younger brother okay he is four years younger than me and he'll always be like 10 in my mind right I mean, he's you know now my age on but yeah right, one right. younger brother and uh and and mom and dad you know, all married throughout your childhood. Mom and dad were married until I was in college. Um, or maybe right out of college. Mom and dad, we had a great life growing up though. We yeah. had a, a beautiful family, you know, the atomic family, you know, right. mom, wife, yep. you know, boy, girl, dog. Yeah. Um, we grew up in Noonan and White we had, fence. exactly <laughs> like we lived on a lake. I mean, like we had a beautiful childhood growing up. I yeah. have, I always say I've had a vanilla childhood. Mm. Like Nothing crazy happened. We were very fortunate. We were blessed. We were not wealthy. We were not poor. We were super middle class yeah. as it comes. But we had a good life. And um, my parents got divorced when I was right out of college, so early 20s. So that was the first kind of big event wave, yeah. the big, like, you know, riff that happened that was like, oh, like, things yeah. aren't actually peachy, right. you know? Right, mm -hmm. right. Did they ever share with you like what happened in that divorce or? They did. It was the classic case of your parents oversharing with mm. you as a child, which is an 18 year old, you know, in, in high school, hearing those kinds of things is really tough to swallow. I'm the oldest child. So, you know, hearing your parents like lean on you, telling them about marital problems mm. or telling you about their marital problems. And like, you know, my parents didn't even sleep in the same bed. Like uh, it oh, was really? obvious to me, like, they don't really, they're not in love. Like, right. They love each other right. and we have a loving family and nothing was ever, you know, horrible or abusive or anything that so many people do probably have to sure. deal with. But it was just, you could tell they fell out of love yeah. with each other. And thankfully they were so amicable about the divorce. And truthfully, I think they waited longer than they should have, but they waited for us yeah. for our sake. Yeah. And for them to be able to both attend my wedding and both be very friendly and yeah. for them to both be able to come to my home for Christmas, you know, after many years later right, and right. then to still have a decent relationship has been a yeah. big blessing. But yeah, they definitely shared and it was like the writing was on the wall. It was like, Oh, this is, this is not how you're supposed to act when you, <laughs> when you're married. Okay. Note to self for the future. And I, do, I wonder like, I always wonder, is it harder on the kid, whether, you know, you're 18 or eight, you're still, you're still their kid, yeah, right? Yeah. Is it harder being younger or being older? And I think it just depends on the scenario and the circumstance, because I've talked to some people where they're like, thank God my parents got divorced that young. Cause I wouldn't have been able to live in a household for 10 more years right. with them really like not liking each other. Exactly. Right? So exactly. it sounds like for them, it, they kind of made this choice to see you through high school and, and, and almost like reverse the roles where you became the adult. It's true. And I think it's, you know, it, it depends on your situation, which is worse, but as an, as a young adult, as an 18, 20 something year old, like you see so much more than a seven year old right. would have seen, right. you know, so who knows what it would be like and everyone's circumstances are different. But I think that, you know, it's, ironically, it's helped my marriage. It's mm. so funny because Jay, my husband, Jason and I like, our home lives and backgrounds and like the marriages we saw growing, like we're so polar opposite. Mm -hmm. Like we both kind of came from a place of, okay, I don't want ours to be like that. Right. And I don't want ours to be like that. So it's ironically helped me like live a very intentional life and marriage. And like, yeah. I've seen how not to fight. I've right. seen how not to bring your kids into it. So 
you learn, like you said, everything yeah. happens for you and you learn through the struggles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And either we repeat those sorts of things. Like mm-hmm. you look at, you know, a father that's abusive, like oftentimes that kid will do the same thing or you realize like, that's not the way I want to live my life. And you do everything in your power to change it. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, um, that's pretty cool that like, are his parents divorced too? No, his parents are still together. His dad is a Baptist preacher, oh, was wow. a Baptist preacher. Like mother is the quintessential, you know, preacher's wife. Right. Like, very different. Yeah. You know, yeah, grow up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so grew up in Noonan and then where did you end up going to college? I went to University of Georgia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that so, how y'all met at no, UGA so Jason or... and I have the best story about how we met. He, his parents and my parents lived in the same neighborhood. Okay. So I was literally the girl, not next door, down the street. Okay. We say next door, but we met in high school and um, we started, I don't know if you can even call it dating when you're in high school because you're just like right. children right. at that point. <laughs> Um, but when you're in high school, but when it's you're high dating. school, it's oh, serious. It's 1, like, I mean, you're going to end up with that. I found my soulmate. Did but you put his name in the yearbook? Of course. I mean, <laughs> this is how close we lived. So we had walkie talkies uh-huh. where we'd be like, all right, after your parents go to bed, they like, put the walkie talkie on this channel no and way. we'll talk back and forth. Cause we didn't have cell phones this right. was way before right. cell phones. Right. And your parents knew when you were on the phone, unless you were really cool and had your own landline, mm. your own line in your yes. bedroom, it was not that cool. So we had walkie talkies. I remember him having a pager, like when we did get uh-huh. a little bit older and have cell phone, like, oh my goodness. But yeah, that's how close we were. So I, no we grew way. up together and we went to separate colleges. I went to UGA. He went to West Georgia Okay. and we somehow stayed together through really? all of it. Yeah. So you, you really are high school sweethearts. We really are. We, <laughs> I think we got such a unique opportunity because we had separate yet together lives yeah. like we lived separately he had his own college experience I had mine yeah so we were long distance for years and years and years and um we we dated all through college and after college moved in together which was the coolest thing because I was like I don't have to only see you right on the weekend right. like, we had been to weekend daters for years so <laughs> like oh this is fun he never actually leaves like his stuff <laughs> is in my closet you know but we <laughs> And I still have him here. Yeah, exactly. His, his clothes were all in the coat closet. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. We need a bigger apartment. But yeah, we dated all through college and um, moved in together post-college and got married 10 years ago in wow. 2011. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what was your major at UGA? Oh, you're going to love that. Fashion merchandising. Really? Who does that? That's I... called an MRS degree <laughs> is what that's called. I mean, I thought I was going to be... I was going to be like Lauren from the Hills. Mm, do you used to watch yes. the Hills? Oh my gosh, I mean, yes. On. I wanted to be like Everyone says Elsie. I look like Whitney. You Whitney do. Port, yes, I could see of. that. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to be like Whitney or Elsie. Yeah. Like move to LA, New York, yeah. do the whole fashion thing, be a grunt intern for no Ooh. money. And then when the rubber Devil hit the Prada. road. Right, exactly. When the rubber hit the road, I didn't want to move to New mm. York or LA. And I'm like, well, I have a fashion degree. What in the hell am I going yeah. to do? <laughs> In Atlanta or wherever. In Atlanta, you know. So I I fell into, I don't even remember how I got this job, but it was a sales job. My very first job out of college was selling shoes. So I kind of felt like mm. it was somewhat the fashion industry because right. I was working for a wholesaler. And we sold to retailers and boutiques and stuff. And I got to go to trade shows, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But it was so not Whitney and Elsie <laughs> from the Hills. I I'm mean, sure even they would say, like, it's not what it looks yeah. like anyways, no, right? No, It looks glam on the outside, right. but I'm sure. Right. I'm right, sure right, it's right. not. <laughs> so you kind of just jumped into the corporate world mm-hmm. right out of the gate? Feet first, man. Or I guess head first yeah. is the term. Yeah. I, I was so ready to be financially independent mm-hmm. and live on my own and be on my own and do my own thing. I, I did. I jumped right into a sales job. I think it was from a college friend who had who had this job and like, Hey, we need more sales reps. Right. Like, All right. I like shoes. I'll sell right. shoes. I knew nothing about sales and nothing about business. And I was like, I like free shoes. So I will work for this company. <laughs> yeah. And I quickly realized 
I am miserable, mm. right? Like you get into that first job and you're like, yes, yep. I'm making, you know, more than $10 an hour right. finally. Cause in right. college you're hourly. And then you're like, oh, I have a salary and I have a 401k and I have insurance. Like you think you're really cool. And then you're like, this sucks. Yeah. I remember having to make 80 phone calls a day. Yep. Having a printed out log of our phone calls and just like being like, if this is what the corporate world is like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in for, you know, I'm in for hell. I'm just going to have to like have babies soon because I just want to stay home. I don't want right. to work if it's going to be like right. this. Because back then there was no like, oh, I can own my own business. Like I didn't think, yeah. I wasn't thinking that big. I was, I, I wasn't there yet. Yeah. I think yeah. we, in, until, until you think differently, you think that you have to work for somebody else. You do. It's just kind of what you've seen too. Like there's not, I wasn't really modeled, you know, female entrepreneurship. Right. The movement that is now where you see so many badass female mm-hmm. CEOs and, and entrepreneurs and even just people in this online space where they're yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to start my own business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That just wasn't, wasn't a thing. And having know. it be accepted. Like if mm-hmm. you had said that 10 years ago, people would look at you like you're crazy. Right. You know, now with social media and Instagram, like influencers are a legit job. Exactly. And they're making more money than people in the corporate world are probably (laughs) making, you know, and and they love it. So it's like 10 years ago, we kind of looked down upon these sorts of titles and Mm -hmm. roles. And now it's like, you know, you ask, I was reading um, an article the other day about this woman who was a teacher and how sad it was that when she asked all of her students that the majority of her class responded that they wanted to be YouTubers. Wow. Like no longer do they want to be doctors Doctors, or lawyers lawyers. or firefighters. It's they want and like how sad that is. But at the same time, it's like we didn't even know that was a quote unquote job, Mm -hmm. right? Or a career that you could have until like the past few years. Right. So that's so powerful to show like the power, number one, the power of YouTube, the power uh-huh, of video and uh-huh. like this next generation. And I can so see it because my daughter, Ellie, who is six, watches her fair share of TV yeah. and, and YouTube, kids YouTube. But now she'll take my phone and maybe she sees me making mm. IG stories mm-hmm. or she sees her YouTube and she goes, hey guys, <laughs> it's Ellie. <laughs> And she flips the camera. This is my brother. He's Spider-Man today. I mean, and she's full on, like she knows what to do. And she signs off. She goes, okay, bye guys. I'm just waiting for her to sign off and say like, don't forget to subscribe. Right. (laughs) That's what they see. Listen, get her her own show. They don't see, you know, cable like growing up. It's it's YouTube now. Right. It's It's kind of scary. Kind of scary. So you, you, did you move? You moved to Atlanta after UGA then? Yes. Okay. Yep. I would assume yep. with this this shoe sales job. I lived in Brookhaven. Um, I had my own apartment living by myself. Jason wasn't quite done with college. So I got to like fully live on my own, figure out how horrible it was to pay rent on right. your own. You're like, yeah. nobody's going to split these bills with me. <laughs> and then, yes. And I was working in our, I think our company was in Buckhead somewhere. Okay. Somewhere close by. But yes, lived in, lived in Brookhaven. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. And then from there, you're like, okay, this is not what I want to do. Um, I think a lot of times, especially at 22, 23, 24, mm-hmm. and people are like, what do you want to do? I remember thinking like, I don't fucking know. Yes. I know what I don't want to do. It's the most daunting question. Yes. What do you want to do? Like- I will never ask a child that. First of all, because... The world is so open, like you can literally do anything that they want. And like, how do you know at any age anyways? But the point is that like, it's more about checking off what you don't want to do. Yes. Yeah. You've, you've had a couple of jobs now. Like I wasn't like the worst job hopper, but I, I sampled a few jobs and I was there for a couple of years for each. And yeah. you do, you know, you're like, okay. I don't want to have to make cold calls. Right. Check. Yep. Then I worked for like a car rental company. Well, I don't want to have to rent cars for a living (laughs) and wash cars in a skirt and heels in either 90 degrees or 30 degrees to talk about a humbling experience. Um, I don't want to do that. Or I don't want, you know, you definitely get the the list of what you don't want to do. But you're like, how do I make a great living? Yeah. And also feel like I'm making a difference. I did know from an early on, I wanted to make a difference. I thought I wanted to be a teacher for a long mm-hmm. time. I just wanted to like, I kept saying I want to help other people. Right. Like, and, and you, 
it's so hard to figure out what that looks like yeah. Yeah. at such a young age where you're still just partying and making bad decisions right. and living paycheck to ma- paycheck because right. you're making 30 grand a year, right? right? Like it's, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you help somebody else when you're very much still helping yourself? Right. So or, I, or not I, helping yourself. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think like when any, anyone from any age, but my, I'm going to refer to like 20s and 30s, but if a 20 some year old were to ask me like, how did you figure it out? I, and I'm still figuring it out. I, I think I would say focus on the things that you're good at, focus on the things that you value and focus on the things that you want in your life. Stop focusing on trying to be something Mm -hmm. or trying to do something because if you're focusing on the right stuff, what you should be or the jobs that you should have will fall into your lap somehow. Definitely. So it's about, you know, attracting that type of lifestyle, focusing on what you want and what the the end goal is, not that there's an end goal cuz like we said there's always there's always more to pursue. Um but when you focus on like I have to be a teacher or I have to be a lawyer, you get stuck in this box. Yes. And for some people that works and that's great. I've never been that type of person. Like mm-hmm. my dad's an attorney. My mom has had the same job for 35 years. Like mm-hmm. that works for them. They're in a small town. They haven't moved out of the house I lived in since I was three years old. That works for them. Mm-hmm. But like that would drive me crazy. However, my life drives them crazy. Oh, yeah. Because my mom's like, wait, you don't know what you're making this week? I'm like, no, I'll see. I'll see who shows up and who doesn't cancel and how many classes I can pick up because that's what I enjoy. And I just trust that it's always going to work. So for some people, that is a very anxious type of feeling and they need to know what they're going to do and who they're going to be. But for some people that are like you and I trying to figure things out, focus on what you enjoy and focus on the things that you have to offer the world and the stuff that you ultimately want back from the world. And the right job will fall in your lap even at 35 years old. Absolutely. Right? I I totally agree. And I think too... I wish I would have started working on myself younger. Yeah. Like I wish the thought of like personal growth yeah. and like just reading books or listening to podcasts yep. or like audible is my BFF. Me too. I mean like reading things and like taking inventory. Oh wow. Sorry. That's, That's my okay. reminder to pick up my child. <laughs> but luckily hopefully, somebody else is hopefully doing today. Jay picks hopefully, up. hopefully he gets picked up. <laughs> Um, but just like working on myself yeah. younger, cause yeah. that's really where so much of my purpose was born was learning about me and learning how to become the better version right. of myself, right. you know? Right. Yeah. I would agree with that. Except I think when I was younger, I wasn't ready to take that step. Like I was too busy mm, yeah. going out and having fun. And I lived in LA for seven years and the things that I did in LA, like yeah. I hope my daughter never finds <laughs> out, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's, again, it goes back to, are you ready to make a change and are you ready mm-hmm. to kind of level up and are you mature? Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what, for these, these 20 some year old girls, like that are wanting to get married because they think that's the next step. Like that's, that's fine if that's what you really want. But I would say like, enjoy your freedom, enjoy your time because you're never going to get it back. And you know, maybe you don't end up with that person forever and you get divorced or whatever, but you're still not going to get that time back. Exactly. And time is literally the most precious thing we have. Absolutely. There's so much I wish we would have done you know, younger in life yeah. where you're like, cause you, when you have zero responsibilities, right. Right. Like right. you just, you never promise tomorrow and you don't know what life is going to look like when you do have all of these responsibilities yeah. on the other end of it. So yeah. enjoy yeah. that. You're right. It's a, it's a beautiful time in your life. It is. Even when it, even when feels, it's crazy, even when it feels like it's the worst, it really is. Um, so let's jump to the last corporate job you had when you were like, F this. Like, yes. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So I, I bounced from job to job and I finally landed on a, a, a great job. Um, what I thought was great at the time. I worked for a magazine. It was a very, it was a wedding planning magazine and website. 
And I worked there for seven years. Okay. And it was such a sweet setup in yeah. the beginning. It was yeah. like, oh, I get to work from home. I had never worked from home before. And this is like seven years ago, eight years ago now. It's like working from home was not right. as, you know, standard as right. it is right now yeah. in the middle as of the pandemic. Yes. So working from home was a new luxury, mm-hmm. and I sold digital and print advertising. Okay. So I got to work in the wedding industry, which as a 25, 26-year-old sounded fabulous. Sure. I was like, I am planning my own wedding at the time. This is great. Mm. You know, I'm going to work in the wedding industry. This is so glamorous. And I sold advertising to, you know, your wedding venues, so yeah. the wedding caterers, the planners. So the wedding pros were my clients. And I got to experience some really great things and and travel and do some really fun cool glam things yeah. but that's like the highlight reel right? right that's like the instagram version sure the day-to-day version was you're a number mm. like you are a part of a large company first but second like you are dollar signs when you're in the advertising world yeah and you've got print magazines going out with deadlines I'm not and sure I the understand. yeah the amount of money that's being put into those, um, you got to sell a certain amount of advertising. Right. And I held, you know, million dollar plus book of business. So the amount of pressure mm. to perform, and this is, I started working there before I had children. So I had, I was married, but I had these, t- you know, time where at the end of the evening I could open up my laptop and work mm-hmm. some more. And like you could work 24 seven if you wanted to, right. but the pressure was just unending. And it was cool the first couple of years. And then I had my daughter and everything kind of changed mm-hmm. after I had Ellie. How old were you when you had her? I was 29. Okay. When I had her. I turned 30 the year I had her. So okay. yeah, 29, 30. And I had her in 2015. And everything just shifted after that. Like I yeah. had a beautiful like pregnancy. Everything was very great like it was not a difficult pregnancy i had her I had a wonderful maternity leave i got 12 weeks oh, off wow. like who gets 12 weeks paid sure. off so going back from maternity leave i just had this pers- perspective shift like what am i doing mm. why am i working what am i doing you know selling ads like i'm just slinging ads i'm mm. making money the money is great and now i'm paying for childcare right so you know a large percentage of my income yeah. was going back into childcare. And I was in the unfortunate situation where I made too much money. Like for some women, when they, if right. they don't make enough money, they're like, well, I'm just going to stay home with the baby because unfortunately their salary isn't high enough to cover daycare. Mm-hmm. But when you do make enough money, it's almost like a golden handcuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a curse kind of mm-hmm. like I make too much money. And at the time I think I was maybe even the breadwinner. Like I made the most money. So over here we got a mortgage and we got cars and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go back to work. And now Ellie is in daycare and I'm like, why am I doing all right. this? Right. It just kind of hit me all at once. It's like overwhelming sense of guilt about working while she's being yeah. taken care of by somebody else. Like, right. why did I have a child if I'm going to have somebody else take care of her? But I've always wanted to be a working mother and I've always wanted to have a career in some sense, mm-hmm. but just this overarching why? Like, why am I doing this? I'm not making a difference to anybody. And that's just a a hard thing to swallow, Mm -hmm. to feel like I am not helping somebody. I'm not bettering somebody. And all these hours spent away from this adorable little baby are for what? what? Dollars. Dollars for somebody else at the end of the day. Mm. So that was really a hard pill to swallow. And I worked for, for them for seven years. So I had my Second child in 2017, and it, it all those feelings again. That long maternity leave, yeah. Like, so in that in between between 2015 2017, mm-hmm. when you had your second one, did you just kind of just kind of like give in, be like, well, I'm just gonna do this for now, or was something always on the back burner? Was it like because I think it can be easy to fall into. Um, for me, I would fall into like a depressive state, but if I knew that there was an end goal in sight, that there was something more and I was always working towards that goal, it's like you could suck it up and do it. But when it feels like there's no end in sight and you don't know what the next step is, or you don't have an answer, you don't have a plan, that's when that anxiety or like, you know, sadness kind of creeps in. So where were you 
between those two years kind of mentally? That, great question. So I was the latter. I okay. was, I don't have a backup mm. plan. I don't have an end in sight because here you're just, you're perpetuating this. I make money. I'm making more money. Right. Now we've got two kids and, you know, now we're going to have a second child. There's going to be two kids in daycare. So it's like, I just felt like I had to get through it. Mm. I had to suck it up because I had a quote unquote great job. Sure. I had a great setup working from home. People would kill for that People job. People would kill for Jessica. this job. It's a glam yeah. job. It's yeah. the perfect job. Right. Like people think it's so glamorous. And I just knew I had to suck it up for yeah. a little while. I'd look for, I'd, I'd go through bouts where I would look for other jobs okay. and I would interview with other jobs. And I'm like, I don't want to just take another J-O-B. Right. You know, right. is what I call it. Like, yeah. I, if I'm going to go somewhere, it's got to be better than this. Right. Because you can't get much better right. <laughs> than where right. I am right now. Right. So, so it, it became... I did feel super stuck. Right. Like, okay. that was the worst feeling to just feel like, well, shit, I'm stuck. Yeah. Yeah. What am I going to do? But again, you're still putting the energy out there like, okay, no, I don't want to do this. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I knew there was more. I knew I didn't want to do that. I knew I was still, I still wanted to work. I didn't really want to stay home. Sure. Like I, I love the fact that there are women that could be stay at home moms, but that wasn't me. Yeah. I just, I'm not cut out for that, frankly. At least not a hundred percent, right? No, yeah. no, I just, I needed something more. So it was a matter of having to start working on myself and mm. really kind of dig deep and figure out what's next. This is great. I love, um, you know, I love that there's not, like we're not talking about like anxiety, depression, like it's all kind of just life, mm -hmm. right? Because so many times I interview people and they have these traumatic things and, you know, that obviously is an indicator of what happens to them mentally. But I think this is huge because you're kind of just going through all the steps that quote unquote a woman should go through, right? right? With yeah. the job and the marriage and the kids. But for you, what steps did you take to work on yourself? Because... I think a lot of times when we don't know what to do next, we feel stuck. We don't even know what steps to take to work on ourselves. Right. There's no playbook for that. Right. There's no YouTube channel. Right. That tells you how to do that. So it's, um, I don't remember how I got started reading personal growth books. Mm -hmm. I think I was probably, I was just in this really stuck state in this unhappy state. Mm -hmm. I was lost. I was unhappy. And because I was those things, I was lashing out at my husband or I was just not wanting to do the things I normally wanted to do, or I was drinking too much or eating like crap, like coping really poorly with being unhappy. And I knew that I was the only one that could make that change. Like yeah. Jay couldn't change it for me. Yes. My kids couldn't change it for me. My friends, my mom, like it was me, you know, if you want to make a change, you have to do something about it, no matter what area of your life it is. So I started reading a couple of books and, um, a client of mine, I remember I was driving to Savannah or Hilton, Savannah, St. Simons for work. And they recommended a book to me. They said, oh, you have to read this book. If you're into these kinds of books, you'll yeah. love this book. And that one book was, I can look back now, it's like, that was the catalyst. Like, mm. that was the spark that lit the fire. Got it. And that book was Girl, Wash Your Face yeah. by Rachel Hollis. Rachel, yeah. Which who, is a controversial. Who, like, now I'm like, oh, yes. I can't stand her. But, but it worked at the time, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still a diehard Rachel Hollis fan because... She changed my life. Yeah. And that sounds, you know, maybe dramatic, but that book as a young, not a young mom, but as a mom in her thirties who was working yeah. and just feeling lost, stuck, unhappy to hear another mom in her thirties sure. talk about all these things that she's been through and how she's overcome them. I'm like, whoa, yeah, whoa. Like it was just a big light bulb moment. And from that book forward, Everything changed. I mean, it started with personal habits. It started mm -hmm. with like one of the biggest takeaways from that book I got was I was always the first person that I broke promises to. Okay. I was like, I'm going to train for a half marathon. Well, guess who was the first person to quit? <laughs> Moi. I'm not going to have sugar for a 30 days. Well, guess who was having cake on day eight? Moi. I'm not going to drink for 30 days. Sure. Like Whatever that might be. And I would never dream of breaking a promise to 
you. You know, yeah. we have an appointment. I'm never going to break right. that. Or my husband, if I made a promise to you or my best friend, I'm going to meet you here at this time. I'm, I'm going to honor that promise. Yep. But when I make promises to myself, why am I the first person that I break those promises to? And it was just a way of thinking I had never thought before. Mm. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, wow. So it started with personal habits. It started with, you know, I'd always loved exercise and fitness and movement, but it started about making that a habit and making that a lifestyle. And then it, and then it was more about eating. Okay. How can I transition this into nutrition and like fueling my body, not to look good for my wedding, but to eat foods that bless my body, Mm -hmm. to give me energy because I'm a mom and I'm working and like to make that shift in, okay, these habits need to happen for me to be a better version of myself. And this was all while you were still working at that corporate job, correct? Yes, exactly. So you're doing the work. You still don't know what the heck is next, but you're finding little bits bits and pieces to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, and I say I will, you know, this is like one of my biggest platforms is you come into the world alone and you go out of this world alone and you are 1000% responsible for how you handle yourself and Mm -hmm. you may be dealt a really bad hand. Um, but unfortunately it's your responsibility. So either you can play the victim for the rest of your life and be poor me, or you can take a step and realize like you really do have more control than you think you do, but you have to be able to look in the mirror and be really honest with yourself. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great way of putting that. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. And again, it's not, you didn't say, okay, I'm going to do this instead. You're like, I just need to work on myself. Exactly. I knew if I was going to be where I am, if I was going to be quote unquote stuck, why don't I use this time to better myself? Yeah. Why don't I use this time to learn? Like, let me dive into this mm-hmm. space that was foreign to me at the time. Like yeah. The notion of personal growth, the notion of listening to a podcast right. was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Audible was new to me. Like, And there's just this wealth of information. And it was just like, well, if I'm going to be here, if I'm going to be at this job, in the meantime, in the background, under underneath it all, let me make me a better human. Mm-hmm. Let me make me happier and unstuck. Because I knew I wasn't going to be able to find that thing. Right feeling so lost and yeah. unhappy and just stuck. Well, you you attract what you feel. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling crummy, I remember when I was at my worst, I have different bouts of very bad depression and then I'd be okay and then I'd have and in the worst part of my depression that that poor me that feeling bad for myself, I would just attract more of that yes. into my life and it took a really long time to realize that was happening. So, you know, Finding ways to get unstuck, even though you don't know what the ultimate outcome is, mm-hmm. should be really, it should be a breath of fresh air for people listening. Yes. Because it is not about figuring out what you want to be or figuring out where you want to go or who you want to be with. It's about figuring out what works best for you mm-hmm. to feel good. Absolutely. And yes. everyone has a different path. You don't have to fill in the blank. Right. You think of like, I want to be a blank. I right. need to do that. Like, there doesn't have to be a blank. Yeah. Like, you don't have to fill that out. Just work on you. Right. And enjoy, right. like be selfish and yeah. be okay with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. we try to make ourselves so small and make ourselves come last. Right. And like newsflash, it's okay to be selfish because if you are not well, yeah, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, everything. If you are not well, nobody around you is going to be well. And we're going to raise a next generation that's not well either. Absolutely. Which, which herein lies what's going on with our kids these days, which is really terrifying with the YouTubers. Totally. So totally. you're working. <laughs> you're working on yourself. You are, and don't get me wrong. I think YouTube is a great. You know, if they're watching the right thing, right, and they're listening to the right message. Good for them. It's a game changer. But some of the some of the stuff. Like, mm. um, so you're working on yourself. You're you get into fitness. You find that you kind of like this whole. And were you ever a, an athlete growing up? Or I was the opposite of an athlete okay. growing up. <laughs> I always wanted to be an yeah. athlete. I, I don't think a cheerleader counts in, my, in the way I was sure. as an athlete. But no, I. Um, so I I went to. 
a couple of personal growth conferences. Okay. So after the Girl Wash Your Face book happened, and I was like, right when the book was blowing up, I'm like, let me see what this Rachel Hollis chick is all about. Yeah. Like, of course, you know, you go to the Instagram, right. you follow them on Instagram, right. and I just like, I drink the Kool-Aid. I'm like, yeah. I need another woman to tell me that it's okay to feel the way mm. I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And this is normal and it's okay. And like, I, she was like a very big role model in terms of like, you can be a mom and you can have your own business and you can be successful and you can be healthy. And it started to inspire me. Sure. So I ended up at a couple of in-person um, personal growth conferences. I went to two, both of them by her. Clearly pre-2020. This is pre-2020. <laughs> Thank God. One was 2018 and one was 2019. Like our last good year. Yes, yeah. I think so. The years all run together. Uh-huh. Um, and it was there where I realized... I want to have my own business. Mm. Like I realized I was made for something bigger. And why, why did you want your own business? Because I was tired of working for somebody else's dream. Okay. You know, I I wanted my own dream. When you work for somebody else, it's their dream, their vision, Mm. their goals, their rules, their money. Sure. It was never money driven for me. A lot of people are extremely money motivated. Um, and it's never been a monetary, of course, making money is great, right? right? You have to have money to live. Right. Um, but it was more about how can I parlay this into helping people yeah. and helping women, especially. So I get back from Rise and I'm like, I know what I need to do. I need to get certified. I need to become a personal trainer and teach group fitness classes. Mm. Like, this is what I, this is like one baby step, right? And yeah. Like baby steps. And I'd always loved group fitness. I was a spin junkie. Yeah. I loved flywheel. I loved soul cycle. Like uh, even before that I did um, like step aerobics yeah. back in college. Like I was obsessed. Jazzercise. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> let me go, you know, get certified. So sure. while working, I'm, you know, I got my textbooks. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. I am studying like I'm in college again mm-hmm. to get your, to train your mind to do that again. Oh my God. It was yeah really difficult to do that while I was working. Um, and that all started in 2020 actually. So during very beginning of the pandemic, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to use this time again while I'm still working. You were still working in 2020? Yes. At the beginning of the year? Yes. Oh, I didn't know this Mm -hmm, part. Okay. mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going to get certified and I'm going to let this run kind of in the background until I can parlay this into something else. I'm like, this will be my, like my jump jump right. start jump board right. or something else um and i get certified and in july let's see yeah july of 2020 my company who has just gone through a merger mm. is kind of having a little bit of an identity crisis okay. is they just say they come to me and they're like hey we're dissolving your team oh Oh, well, okay. And they said, well, you, you, you know, you've been with us seven years. You're a star performer. Like your clients love you. Um, we're going to give you a choice between job A and job B. Both jobs sucked. Okay. <laughs> Both options sucked. Both of them had a pay cut, a significant pay cut. Really? So, and it was out of nowhere. Like I was blindsided. I knew I didn't want to leave. Like, I knew I didn't want to be there forever. Right. Like I was looking for right. an out, but I never had the courage to just up and leave. Yeah. We were a two income household. We had become very accustomed to that lifestyle sure. and I was never going to leave. I just didn't have the balls to leave on my own. Yeah. And they told me this and they're like, take a couple days. It was right before 4th of July. Mm. Naturally. And they're like, drop a bomb Always before a holiday. and then have a Always. holiday. Yep. And yep. That afternoon, I had the talk with my husband, Jason, and I knew in my gut this was God's timing. Yeah. I was like, this is God pushing. This wasn't a push. This was actually a shove. Yeah. Um, saying, this is your time. 100%. And Jason was like, you are worth way more than that. Take them, tell them to take those two jobs and shove it <laughs> because it's not worth it. Yeah. No, he's like, this is your time. So that was the, that was the scariest decision but the best decision of my life. Yeah. Because, and I, and I look back at how beautifully everything had been timed, Mm -hmm. right? Like the reading of the book and the going Mm -hmm. to the conferences and the working on myself. And then to finally have the courage to say, I'm going to get certified and I'm going to teach classes, which is a big deal for someone that's like never been in that space before. Yeah. 
And then all of that kind of leading up to it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to go. Yeah. So two weeks before my 35th birthday, July, in the middle of a freaking pandemic, <laughs> I said, thanks, but no thanks. Wow. I'm out. Deuces. I'm leaving. Yeah. Good for you. So that was how I left my corporate job. Wow. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah. Because that's yeah, only like seven months ago. Not even or a year. Actually, not yeah, even less a year. Than, yeah, yeah. I guess we're in April. I keep thinking we're in January. I, know, right? I don't know. I don't know what day it is, what month it is. Okay, oh, so yeah. let me put this into perspective. If someone was two years ago told you, hey, Jessica, you're actually going to be an account- accountability coach. You're going to be an, a female entrepreneur. You're going to have your own business. Do you know how freaking overwhelming that <laughs> is? Because you realize all the things that go into it. Well, I got to get certified here. I've got to make money to do this. I've got to build a website. I've got to build my brand. I've got to do it. There's so many things that you have to check off versus, hey, Jessica, you know, this job isn't for you. Just start working on yourself and what's supposed to happen will happen. Yeah. And how much more freeing that is to not have to check off all the boxes mm-hmm. and be like, I have to do this, this, and this to be this person or to have this job. So it goes back to everything we talked about in the beginning of this yes. show where let it go. Just if you're not happy with who you are, where you are, whatever you're doing right now, be so okay in that. Mm-hmm. Like live in that and know that's not going to be that way forever. Exactly. But then get yourself up, dust yourself off and take one step. Read the book, mm-hmm. listen to the podcast, go for a different interview, take a side job at night, like whatever it is, take the baby steps. Baby I like steps. how you call those baby yes. steps. Because I think of where I see myself eventually and I'm like, how am I going to get there? That's so so much. But I'm like, don't worry about that. That's going to happen because I know that is where I'm I know that I'm in this world. I know that I've gone through all this in my life because that's where I'm eventually going to be. Yeah. And everything I'm doing right now is leading me up into that point. Exactly. And you can't see it that far ahead. Like it's like there's a giant fog in front of you and you can't see that enterprise, but you can see about two yards in front of you. Right. If you can just get to the two yards, get to that, no matter what that looks like for you, that might just be literally getting out of bed that day. hundred percent. For you, it might be deciding to drink the water. I'm yeah. going to drink the water yeah. that day. It might be deciding to start going on walks every day. Like yeah. whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't have to be what it looks like for me or for you. But yeah. just taking that little baby step to figure out how can you choose happiness? How can you how can you make yourself a better version of you? And how can you, you make those choices habitual? Yes. Right? Absolutely. I always say happiness is not a choice. If it were, we would all choose it. It's a habit. You have to create the habits. And I eventually, love that. It's so true though. I like it. It really irks me when people say happiness is a choice. I'm like, you have no clue. You've obviously never been depressed, mm-hmm. but I understand where you're coming from. So let's rearrange the words. It's a habit. I think you need to write a book called Baby Steps. I'm seeing that in your future. <laughs> I'm here for it. Hey, I am here for it. So how have the past, let's see, nine months, mm-hmm. I guess, how have they been? Man, freaking awesome yeah like it's been a roller coaster it number one it is not easy Mm. i think people some people really glamorize entrepreneurship sure um especially like female entrepreneurs they sometimes or maybe i just looked at it through a lens of rose-colored glasses on ig right like oh my gosh she gets to look cute on instagram stories and she gets to make reels and wear cool hats and work out and you know, people glamorize it, but there is so much that I didn't know. Like I didn't know all that I didn't know. Right. And, um, but I've never been happier. Which almost it's better, probably better that way that you didn't know. Yes. I mean, because I probably wouldn't have had the courage to do it. Right. But just being able to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. Like when you work for somebody else, they tell you what to do and there's training and there's, you know, landmarks and goals and things that you're doing. But when you're starting your own business from scratch. And it was more like we had to spitball what was this going to look like. I was like, okay, now I'm certified. All right. I have some connections to some local fitness places. I'm going to coach on the side. And we were out on the boat one day, me and Jay and our family, and we were just like spitballing ideas and talking. And this whole idea of accountability coaching was kind of born on the boat one day. And we're like, 
all right, well, how do we, how do we start? Like, <laughs> like what do we do? You know, what do we do? It's like, there was no, <laughs> there was no, like, this is step one. Right. Right. There was no, this is step one, a one B. It was like, well, I guess I need Figure a name out. for my business. Yeah. Like, and then it was like, well, how do you make a website or how do you, <laughs> how do you, you know, the amount of things I have Googled or YouTube also, yep. I yep. have really enjoyed some YouTube on learning how to like, how do you create a podcast? Like yes. literally I Googled it. I watched a couple of YouTube videos. I was like, well, hell I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. Like, and I, and just not being afraid to dive in and try right. Right. like has been really fulfilling yeah. to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I like went down the wrong pipe and it looks like <laughs> I'm crying right now. She's looking at me. I'm like, I'm fine. I swear. I just, it always <laughs> happens when you're yeah. on camera like I'm like, or you're talking. Yeah. Like, literally did like I take that choking. Don't worry about it. I'm good. So, and here's the, here's the kicker. Like it's a lot of work and you're probably working 10 times harder than you were at your old job. But Absolutely. you're doing it for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. And that is the most fulfilling part because you actually want to do it. 100. Right? Yes. That's been the biggest difference. Like opening the laptop at night right. or on a Sunday right. or things I would have never done before. Because yeah. I'm like, Psh, nope. Yep. Don't care. Not on the it's clock. Not my time. Yeah, not my I time. don't care. Yeah. But yeah. this is my baby. It's right. like my third baby is right. this business and the women that I'm helping and coaching I truly love and care for them and I want them to succeed. Yeah. So doing it at all hours of the day and night and on a Sunday and right. while we're on vacation, right. like doesn't feel like a chore to me. I was glad to get to bring my laptop yeah. on our family vacation. Right. You know, it, it is when you're working for your own passion and that has so a higher different. power, it, it is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, you have the podcast, you're teaching some in studio classes as mm-hmm. well. Do you do like virtual training, like physical training? No. So no. just the in-studio. In-studio classes, But you're yes. certified, you know, so you know enough about the body that you can help people physically. Yes. What are some other goals? You've got all that over the past nine months. What are some other goals for this year for you and your brand? Definitely. So this year I'm finishing up um, nutrition certification. Okay. So we've done the body. Now we got to talk, we've done, you know, physical. Yeah. Now it's like, let's, let's learn more about, um, about food and how food really affects the body. Yeah. I've always been super interested in fitness and nutrition. So it only makes sense to, you know, add, learn more and, that. Yeah. and add that certification, which I'm working on right now. And it's again, getting back to that. Oh God, I have yeah. to study. Yeah. I have to study and do that. Uh-huh. So, um, so finishing the nutrition, nutrition certification and really just being consistent with my brand. Like this whole first year has been a big learning year yes. for me. I'm yep. not quite to one year. I think September one will be year one of the business, which is crazy. Um, but I just want to be consistent about launching these one-on-one coaching programs yeah. and really refining the experience that my clients have and listening and taking feedback and iterating. I used to hate that word, <laughs> iterating, but like figuring out how can I make this experience better for, for them. clients or women. Yeah. 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 And any sort, like those are all goals for, sounds like your profession, but what mm. about any personal stuff? Mm, that's be, a good question. You know, because now that you are working for yourself, yeah. it seems like a lot of the professional goals are personal goals. They, right? they blend, they yeah. blend together. Yes. I mean, I haven't thought about that truthfully. Cause to me, like my personal goals are yeah my business goals sure. um i don't know think about think it think on that think one. about yeah. that one yeah because i think a lot of times like now that you're in it like it can be easy to get lost in it mm-hmm. but still like being able to be separate from your business is important too definitely you know like definitely it's all part of your brand it's all part of you but um it's good sometimes to be able to like compartmentalize it so that you can separate things Absolutely. occasionally. Yeah. I think just knowing, for me, knowing when I can turn it off and to have very intentional time. Yeah. To have work time With be your family work time. And, yeah, yeah. And business and, and family time be family time. Because right now it's just very gray. It's my days are all yes. fluid, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, it's the weekend. I'm like, is it? Because I still work on Saturdays and Sundays, right. like, which is fine. I, yeah. I've chosen this life. So I get that. But what do you tell your kids? Like they see you obviously a lot more now. 
um, that you're working for yourself and you're more present in their life and you're not going, not that you, you know, you were working from home anyways at the end of the, the corporate job, but you're probably more, I'm more available. You're more available. I'm definitely more available. Right? Yeah. Do you explain to them like what you do for a living? Like, do you, do they know? Like I've tried to, so I, Ethan has no idea. Yeah. Like, he's he's the almost youngest. four. Right, and, right. And Ellie is starting to understand. Ellie is six. She's in kindergarten this year. And I'll say, Ellie, I have two client calls today. Mm. These are these are women that can be mommy's clients and I can help them. Right. And mommy's gonna coach them and help them make really healthy choices and yeah. good habits. She's yeah. like, Okay, mom. <laughs> Have a good call. Good luck. <laughs> so I think she understands. Like when she sees me on my phone or on my computer, she's like, this is mommy's business. Right. But I don't think she totally gets it yet. But it makes me really excited for the future. To be for that her example. her to see yeah. that. Because I've yeah. always been very, very big and, and intentional on leading by example for her yeah. in so many ways. But for her to see like, my mom's a boss. Like, yeah. She's got a business. She's making her own money. She's helping people along the way. Like, and she built this from nothing. Right. That makes me really excited to see right. what that could look like in the future. But, yeah. Whether she chooses, chooses a similar path or whether she wants to be the teacher or the lawyer or whatever. Exactly. But just being the example of a healthy, happy female is so incredibly important as we guide this next generation because they're going to have bigger issues that we can, we can't even imagine them right now. Like 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about something that wasn't even, you know, a term like quarantine. Like no one ever used that term before and all the things that went on last year. So just realizing that it's, there's more to it than a profession that really is about your spiritual, physical, and mental health. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Has your last, last question that we'll kind of wrap it up. Has your marriage changed? Have you become more present in that? Mm. You know, I would imagine when you feel stuck and unhappy at a job that translates to how you feel at home around a husband or your family or whatever, Mm -hmm. but kids aside, has that changed the relationship now that you're in this business for yourself and you know that you have the support of your husband, which is incredible. Because I'm sure a lot of husbands would probably deter this because the easy way out is to just keep working at a yes. job that's going to pay you a 401k and your benefits and all the Certainty XYZs. is right. attractive. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has it changed you it guys? It has. It, it, it has changed for the better. Good. I mean, to start, I'm just a happier human being. Yeah. Like, I am just nicer to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I We've been lucky and, and blessed that we've had a decently, you know, I don't want to say easy marriage, but like a, you know, we haven't had a lot of like boulders right. in our way, right. like during our marriage um, of almost 10 years now. But when you step into your own and when you're working towards a purpose where you feel so much fulfillment, mm. you just, you're just a joy to be around. You're right. just happier to be around. And it's also connected us in a different way where, you know, on date nights or on the weekends or in the evenings, like he wants to talk about my business. Yeah. You know, he wants to be invested in it and I want his advice on sure. certain things. So it's brought out a dynamic between the two of us. It's kind of businessy, but kind of not. Yeah. It's been fun yeah. to spitball, you know, on date nights about the business. Right. And it's something right. that we've never been able to talk about before, but it right. has definitely changed for the better. And, and even friends or people who are my mentors are like, I can just see that you're just happier. Yeah. You just look happier from yeah. the outside. And when you're happy on the inside, it shows totally on the outside. Totally. It's not about what size you are. Right. It's not about how many times a week you work out. It's about your heart and yeah. your soul, you know? And, and I think other people can really see that. You can feel and it. Feel it. Yeah. It's exactly. like when you walked in, I felt like I'm a, again, big energy person. Like I can feel it. I can feel when someone's struggling. I can feel when somebody is good and solid and happy. Mm-hmm. And like, ultimately, like, isn't that what you want in a partner? Yeah, right? Don't absolutely. you want someone that feels that good? Because if you're going to surround yourself with them, you know, 75% of the day in these four walls in a home and raise a family, like, mm-hmm. don't you want your partner to feel that good? So don't you want to help them get to a place where they they feel that good alone, much less in a marriage or relationship or partnership or business partnership, whatever partnership yeah. it is, you know, let's focus on the way that the other person feels 
versus like just the Mr. Mrs. title. Exactly. Because I've always, I've always said like you can't rely on your spouse right. to make right. you happy. Right. Period. Uh-huh. That won't happen. That's too big of a burden yes. for your future yeah. spouse or partner. Like you've got to be happy with yourself. Thousand percent. Inside, outside, upside down before... Yep you can truly have a happy marriage. And we've been through times where I was so unhappy and Mm -hmm. I was just, and I'd lashed out at him because I was wanting him to make it better and he can't. And that's an unfair thing to do to them. So I totally agree. And it's a very victim mentality. Mm -hmm. It's a poor me. Why are you doing this to me? It's like, no, you're doing it to yourself. Exactly. For the most part. Like obviously there's, there's, you know, things that people go through that everyone is contributing. But for the most part, if you're truly unhappy in yourself, it really comes down to not fixing yourself because I don't like to use that term, but understanding yourself. Absolutely. And understanding what you can do to to get to where you could be. And we are just living, breathing proof of examples that, you know, in your 30s, you can figure it out. It's never too late. That's right. And it's never too late to start over. But all the things that you've done up until this point in your career has taught you the things that you need to do in the next step and has given you the guidance. It's given you, you know, all of these different tools in your toolbox. Yeah, and absolutely. And everything is a baby step. So totally. I love that. Well, thank you so much. It. This was great. Thank you. You're such a good story and, and so inspirational. And thank I'm you. glad that, you know... Our, our our mutual friend Josh, shout out to Josh. Shout out to you, Tur- Josh. <laughs> He's gonna be like, what? Um, you know, just just connecting with people on Instagram and and knowing that even if you haven't met somebody in person, that they can still impact your life from afar. Yes, so I appreciate you trusting the podcast and me and coming on to, to share your story and let's let listeners know where we can find yes. you. Well, thank you for having me. You're First welcome. of all, you have the coolest setup in the world Thanks. and I now have to level up my <laughs> closet setup to, to match here. So thank you for having Absolutely. me, inviting me into your space. You're welcome. It's been really cool to sit down and actually tell the story from, yeah. you know, start to middle yes. start to where yes. we are now it's never it's never finished yes, until it's yes. finished <laughs> yeah so um so come play along on instagram that's the best place to find me my handle is at the fit life with jessica perfect and that's the best place and to... your podcast same... podcast is called the fit life with jessica and then your website is the same right yes ma'am perfect that yes, makes it easy yes. good for you for the branding well thanks easy, for easy. being uh, uh episode 31 on the six feet above it was a pleasure yes ma'am thank you you're welcome Thank you for listening to this episode of the Six Feet Above podcast. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. Subscribe so you never miss another episode as a new episode is released every Tuesday. And if you're enjoying the series, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at Six Feet Above Podcast to keep the conversation going and feel free to reach out to me directly at Megstagram11. This episode is a product of Audiographies, produced by Megan Armstrong and Denor Sapolia, edited by Jacob Smolian, and the music is by Keenan Willis, funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.